Hey. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast, I Totally Relate. I'm Rissy. And I'm Shelves. And we hope you guys can totally relate. Okay, so you guys, last episode, we talked about our masks. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's you can't hurt me. Yeah. I'm not like those girls. Mm. And I can do it all. Absolutely. For shelves, like, what are the masks that you're wearing? Oh, well, I would totally say, like, the you'll never be enough is such. A, so maybe Ooh. that's not a mask, but that's a fear. Oh, yeah. So, that's, like, that's, that's the, the fear, right? So that I'll never be enough. And so I think that in order to counteract that, the mask that I wear is definitely similar to I can do it all. Mm-hmm. Like, I will do anything and everything. And, um, I don't need you. I am independent. I'm chill. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm i not like those girls. That's totally yeah. Yeah. like a variation of that mask of yeah. I somehow am not like the collective of my sisters. Yeah. But yeah. cool. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, so also recap from episode one. Glennon Doyle's Untamed is a gift to Unreal. all womankind. 100 percent yeah i think that was like the thing that like really did make me because she says in there like what is in women's hearts Mm. is good and i was like the essence (gasps) of women yes yes did you die um this is definitely not a spoiler alert but did you die over her story of tabitha the cheetah at the like i think it's Um, like chapter one yeah i okay so (laughs) let me be super honest so i am a white girl Totally. I got freckles and, like, red curly hair. Mm-hmm. So, like, I never wore, like, cheetah or leopard print growing up because mm-hmm. I felt like I have too many spots of my own. Aww. Like, I'm a spotted girl. I don't need any additional help. Yeah. So, <laughs> I got it. For reals. <laughs> and then after reading that, I'm like, I am a goddamn cheetah. I am a goddamn cheetah. And guess what? I, like, got a tank top this cheetah print. I got shoes, like, these little Love slip-ons it. that I wear that are, mm. like, cheetah print because I'm, like, no, like, it resonated so deeply with me that I was, like, literally in the intro, I'm, like, crying because I'm, like, I am a goddamn cheetah. Yes. No, seriously, like, in that book, I definitely, definitely cried so many times. And for some reason, that story of Tabitha the cheetah, if y'all are Untamed fans, you'll know. And if you're yeah. not, get on yeah. it. Yep. Um, But just... I loved where she was like, the friend would say, Tabitha, you are a goddamn cheetah. Yeah. Like, just that call of the wild. It just, I think that it gave me permission to um, open up to the ways that I feel inside. Yes. Open up to the things that maybe feel progressive or feel a little bit taboo. Like, I have this call of the wild mm-hmm. in my heart. And yeah. I think that, like, untamed captured that so beautifully i loved all of the stories that she shared i love the chapter is it titled boys 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 Mm -hmm. that is the one yeah it's a really good one oh it's so good also her chapter on like motherhood and Mm. the island i think it's called that oh yes oh yes like it really it it like she like shakes she like boom shakes your foundation and you like whoa this was that this was in there the whole time and also it gives you permission to step in and say whoa yeah i am the uh 
master of my island or I yeah. am the person who has the final say and yeah. who's allowed on my island. Yeah. That chapter was unreal. Yeah. And it's so good. Okay. So some first of all, thank you so much to all the women who have come before us who 100%. have like mm. just embodied this feminism and this energy and yep. who have given us permission. And we just want you guys to know like we are doing this, we are having these conversations because we also want to give you permission mm. to do the most uncomfortable things yep. that allow you to embody yourself fully. And totally. when she talks about like being a mother and not a martyr, or when she talks about like how it's ridiculous that like the most amazing thing for a woman is to be selfless but mm. really we should be full of ourselves like please please let us like tag on to that and be like you have permission to be full of yourself totally and that is such a good thing and the world needs that and we will all be better yep. when you are full of yourself i love that so much it reminds me of the isaac newton uh quote of i don't remember it exactly but it says something along the lines of like we got to where we are because we like stood on the shoulders of giants. Mm -hmm. Like, um, I love that because it's like, we are honoring what's happened and because of the people that have come before us and because of the women that gave me permission to be me because of the women that said, Hey, I see you and you are enough. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Like I have so many people that like, I feel like I have a friend and she is a little bit older than me and I feel like for the first time in my life I saw like a beautiful woman who had an idea of like self-worth and like who had gone through a journey of her own and like had come out on the other side and like it's because of people like that like women who have stepped into my life who gave me permission to love and accept myself and it's because of those people that I'm here today and mostly I feel that I want this to reach women that need it but I also feel that I'm doing this for that younger self like I'm doing that I'm doing it for the girl in the back you know I'm doing it for like that that part of me that needed it the girl in the back Mm. oh Shelby that is amazing (laughs) okay standing on the shoulders of giants yes other women have come before us and they've given us permission and they have said hey you are enough Mm. and so now we've looked into like our own shadows we've looked at ourselves and we've thought okay if I'm enough then I don't need to hold on to this thing that is like protecting me from you're not enough Mm. and so for me that is like they won't like you so you gotta like like you said previously like be that chameleon Mm. so that like everyone thinks I'm yeah enough or everyone's gonna like me kind of thing and so previous episode we talked about our masks how you might notice what our masks are totally let's talk about why so Shelby we ended the last episode with you talking a lot about like um being a victim and like how that was like Mm. possibly a mask for you can you like can you do you want to dive in a little bit deeper about like why like why is that a mask for you like why where does that come from where like you feel like you can say like hey yo I'm a victim so back off yeah where does that come from yeah I think that like that Ooh, that's that's good um I think that we often I guess maybe in the society that I grew up in is 
a lot of things happen to you and those are your defining factors. Like I remember in middle school, somebody lost their dad. I remember the day that it happened. I and and that was like the role that he became, right? Like it was like, oh, oh like he is the person whose dad died or oh. which is tragic. Like mm-hmm. uh, that would be really, really hard to lose a parent. Yeah, I think that so we kind of become these roles and we accept them for what it is. So I grew up in a low income family and I took on that role in a lot of ways. Like I remember um, school lunches, you know, you would uh, have to give your lunch number, 42896, duh. And um, they would either clear you because you had money in your account and if you didn't have money in your account then they would put a red stamp on your hand so that like you would have to like tell your parents that you needed lunch money like here's a reminder like 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 the tie on the thumb like don't forget yeah but it's like a red stamp and now everyone can see now everybody can see shelby's got a red stamp yes which means shelby can't pay for lunch and like that was such a really that was a very odd role for such a young mind. Yeah. So I remember feeling like really embarrassed and um, yeah, just like, and then the lunch lady being like, so sorry, like you don't have money in your account. Like we've sent you home with like X amount of like stamps mm. and just being like, so I'm not eating today. Like that is such a sick feeling for like a, you know, what age would I have been? Third grade, like eight to, I mean, when do you, like 13? Yeah. Like that, like age, like, right? Like, or even like six, like I don't, you know, like lunch, lunch was always such a stressful thing for like my young mind. Oh, really? Oh, absolutely. Like even, so at the school that I attended, um, each a week a classroom would rotate and like that classroom would whoever like that week was rotated between the fifth and sixth graders could help out with lunch so like you would leave your classroom at like whatever time to go into the lunchroom and help the lunch ladies like prepare so like somebody would be assigned the role of the dishwasher somebody would be assigned like the role of like helping serve the food or whatever mm-hmm. And I remember on days where my class was not doing that, the school had me do that because I didn't have money. So that was the way that like I paid. Oh, you repaid your debt. You were paid by my labor. Mm. Like Shelby, like it's just the weirdest thing. Like the weirdest, like, which is hard for a really young mind. That was really hard for me. Mm I remember it um, differentiates you from your peers like oh, at such a why young is Shelby age? leaving in the middle yeah. of math or like remember like mm. at least like when I was like in fifth or sixth grade like the schedule would be written on the board right like yeah. so 11 15 to 11 30 mm-hmm. is recess like yes like or whatever right and so it was like why is Shelby leaving in the middle of like free read or like yeah right I remember um we the school that I attended, well, the school district did a summer camp for kids. And in order for me to be able to go, my mom designed the 
uh, graphic tees that mm-hmm. all the kids like got to go home with. Yeah. And that was how. So my mom did that for free in exchange of like Shelby being Your able to attend like this summer camp, yeah. which is like so hard. Like you suddenly become labeled as the poor kid. Like you become the person who is like yeah. not able um, so I think that like I have a lot of shadow, a lot of attachment to money and like what money is. Yeah. A oh. lot of stories were like told Which, to me like, about that. Which makes so much sense because like as soon as you get to like the age of being able to have a job, all of a sudden Shelby has three jobs yeah. and a nice car. Yeah. And she like all of a sudden mm-hmm. Shelby is working it yep. and making bank. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And it all comes from because it's like that won't happen like that has been something that has so driven me is like I will not fall victim to finances so like as an adult I was the person who had three jobs Mm -hmm. I would work until 4 a.m doing you know I mean in in the last 10 years I have had all sorts of jobs and you've um, been a nanny you've been a waiter you've been an instructor you've been a uh uh-huh yep cleaning um like rental houses like, because, like, somebody is renting out and, like, yeah, just, like, all sorts of odd jobs. Mm-hmm. Like, I am not too proud to work any job. Like, if I need a job, like, I will walk into a restaurant and be like, I will wash the dishes. Like, I don't care. Yeah, like, that work ethic is something that really drove me. But also, that's a mask that I wear, though, right? Like, that is something to cover up because... Like, is is the mask, I'm a hard worker, or is the mask, I have money? Um, I guess, like, the mask is... I don't need your help because I'll do it myself. Like, I'll do it myself. I don't need it. I'm going to take care of me. Like, I'm going to show up for Mm, me. I can handle this. I can handle this. And I've had a job since I was 14 years old. Mm -hmm. In fact, I'm actually, quote, unquote, unemployed right now. Um, Like, like doing yoga, instructing, and uh, photography, which you went to school for, and you're a phenomenal photographer. Also, <laughs> by the so way, much. you guys should, like, follow her. Shelby Carr Photography. She's phenomenal. She'll take your family pictures. Dude, She'll thanks. take, like, <laughs> boudoir pictures. She's amazing. Thanks, girl. Like, you are talented. <laughs> Thank you. I super appreciate that. But, yeah, definitely, like, I will... Yeah, that's something that I've definitely hidden myself in a lot of my life is work and... Um, independence. I don't need you. I can do this on my own. I've been doing it on my own since you were 14. Whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. And in ways I've made myself the martyr. Like, oh, look at the things that I do. Like, the, look at like how I give. That takes away from the blessings of, of giving. Right. Like when you're like putting yourself on a pedestal. So, yeah, I would feel that, like, a lot of my masks originate from, like, experiences that I had as, like, a young child. And a lot of that comes from um, poverty and not having enough. Or I feel like in a lot of the ways, like, in my friend group, I was always the person that had something happening to me. And so Mm. I felt like I had to be, like, I'm hard. Like, you can't penetrate this because... I have been through X, Y, or Z. Mm -hmm. And so um, the why I would feel is like these reasons of how I've been hurt. Yeah, just like that cover up of 
yo, I'm invincible. Mm -hmm. But when you kind of play into that narrative, it takes you, like we discussed in the last episode, like takes you out of that present moment. Mm -hmm. And so I feel that even though, like there was a time in my life where I was working three or four jobs at a time and just giving my all to everything. And I had a lot of money in my bank account. I had a lot of freedom. I, like totally spent my money in a lot of low energetic ways of Mm -hmm. trying to fill the void of maybe the things that I was missing. Mm -hmm. And just like that ability to see that for what it is and then to validate myself. Like, I see you. Like, that that was really heavy for a 8 to 13-year-old to carry the burden of financial responsibility right like Mm -hmm. to see that of saying that shaped me like that was that was a life-shaping experience and to recognize and see that like those experience are maybe why I have expectations of finances or like this drive to never let that happen again yeah like I will never not pay a car payment. I will never not be like, ooh, I will never not have enough. Therefore, I am never not enough. Yep. Ooh. Like maybe in ways that I wear a mask is abrasive and like stand up. Like I'm definitely like a a fight for the underdog, Mm -hmm. a a confronter, Mm -hmm. which actually isn't the essence of myself. Like I actually am really bad at confrontation, but... I have this like quote unquote fighter mentality Mm -hmm. and maybe that's the way that my mask shows up but like maybe somebody else's mask is making themselves smaller like I'm going to make myself as quiet as possible so that I don't cause a ripple Mm -hmm. like that is a mask or okay like we could be like hyper focused you are incredible I'm going to like I'm going to share like my side of like this this family experience, but also know that like it is so intertwined. And when you said like the confronter, I'm like, oh, shoot, Shoot. I'm the (laughs) confronter. Like I definitely am. And also at the same time, I am the like, you won't like I'm not going to be that person. Okay, And this is going to be like a little vulnerable slash a lot vulnerable. (laughs) And um, I might get a little teary eyed, but that's fine. It's okay. Okay, we're here for this. Let's just pause for a moment on the fact that, like, our grandfather has had five wives. Five. In the course of how many years? Yeah, and I don't mean, like, he's, like, like a polygamous Mormon, like, he has five wives. <laughs> I mean, like, he has divorced four women. Yep. And is, like, living with his fifth woman yeah. at this point. So, like... Can you imagine that, like, I have somehow got the idea that, like, women are dispensable. Totally. Women are disposable. hmm Okay. Also, I have heard the men in my life, and, and not my brothers necessarily, not your brothers necessarily. You cannot talk a feel word about my brothers or her brothers. I will throw down. Okay. That's fine. But you maybe can no, I like I really couldn't no, know. like I like there. think the highest of like our generation like our level men but when I think about like the way that I have heard men speak about women mm. 
actually okay sorry i'm just gonna can i read like a little bit of my journal absolutely so this is like the journaling that like i did that i'm just like oh i get like now i know why the reason why um they won't like me is a thing is because of like this okay i have received the message not necessarily explicitly but that women our are dispensable or like if if you're not liked like you'll be tossed Mm. okay so this has been reinforced i have heard my grandfather many many men in my family talk so incredibly demeaning towards the women in my life like the women i love the women i respect the women who raised me Mm. all of them the language used against them was like so dehumanizing to their face behind their backs and in front of large groups in which nobody spoke up or challenged these men and how they were like talking about women so i learned from an early age and like as the only daughter in my immediate family um that i need men to like me Mm. like men must like me they have to like me right because if they don't like me like now i'm a target for harassment like verbal assault name calling or or just like teasing like i'll just get teased you know like if they don't like me like Mm. men and this is like reinforced like throughout junior high and high school like i definitely had like boys my age Oh, totally. Like, the Same. people that you gravitated to. Like, yes. Like, my, like, there was a group of friends that I had in high school that were awful to me. Complete, like, misogynists. Absolutely, and... absolutely awful. Like, at one point, I'm, mm-hmm. like, complaining to my mom about how terrible Jordan, like, the things Jordan is saying about me. And then he asked me to homecoming, and I said yes. Yeah. What the heck, Carissa? Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, Okay. So this is, like, this is reinforced, like, Mm. in my family and, like, also, like, in my growing up environment. Mm. Okay, so I, I received this message, okay? Totally. I internalize it. Mm. I hold At, like, what, age? Oh, I mean, 11? No, probably even younger than that. Like, I'm, like, probably, like, eight, nine years Mm. old. And, like, in through, like in throughout teenage years totally absolutely so i hold on to this message like so tightly that like when i finally realized that this was the thing i'm sobbing right like Mm. when i realized like oh my gosh i i'm so scared of not being liked because the men in my life have taught me that like they have to like me or i have no value Mm. okay so I think that this is, like, part of the reason why I have such a toxic relationship with, like, other women. I think this is why I feel like I'm not like those girls. Because mm. I've heard the way that other girls are spoken about amongst Perceived teenage as. friends, amongst, like, family members. So I feel like, oh, I'm not like those girls. You'll like me because I'm not needy. I'm not dramatic i'm not complicated p.s by the way i'm super all of those things i'm super all of those things. i am super all of those things and so like this like version of me trying to like fit in this totally like the zipping up yeah like this like i'm gonna put this corset on i'm going to make myself fit i cannot breathe trying to fit 
myself into this version of what I think is needed from me. This is so crazy. Do you ever feel like that manifested in other ways, like physical ways, as far as like the kind of clothing that you wore? A hundred percent. Yes. A hundred percent. Yes. Tell me more. Okay. So like when it comes to like if I'm hanging out with girls, like, okay, you... uh, Maybe not even with girls. So, so let's even just like stick with like this idea of like other men and I need them to like me, right? Like okay. I need to be desirable because they need to like me. But not scandalous. But not skanky because like because then I can be tossed away. Like then I'll be used. So Ugh. I need to be like I need to, like walking that line of just enough is and as a young girl, you don't know what that is. No. You, so you don't even constantly have. clanking back and forth between like skanky ho to like <laughs> modest Marissa. I don't know. That's Marissa. Just, it rhymed with my name, Carissa, and it had an M. So there we are. <laughs> Sorry. It had an M. So like I am not. It, it goes back to the thing of like Amen. exactly as I am is not enough it no, has it's this to be projection of what your thoughts are yep and the of learn- what other people want from me mm-hmm. oh i can be what you want from me just tell me what you want and i'll be it yes because as i am is not good enough because i have just heard you know and like and not to fault like specifically the men from my high school or the men from my family like this is you know this is like a you know centuries of messaging that has been delivered and it's absorbed the movies that you watch yep. the shows that you Ab- see it just it's the, all reconfirming it's honestly all reconfirming 1000% yeah mm-hmm. and so this whole idea of yeah so like when i'm with girls and like then it is this oh okay so like another mask i wear is like i'm a good girl i'm a good mm. girl and i really do feel like i am a good girl but like <laughs> some parts of me are not you know I really what i mean i'm good okay Oh, P.S. By the way, I'm like a super good girl. <laughs> I will not disappoint you. I'm a rule follower. Yeah, like sometimes I'm a, like I'm not. But in this environment, like we are surrounded in like the LDS culture. And so like the whole like. Yeah. Wearing clothes that like cover your garments or like doing, doing the things that like a good girl does. I have 100% absolutely taken on that identity, mm. even if that wasn't true for me. Because I wouldn't want girls to not like me. Mm. And also, I don't want guys to not like me because I'm like those girls. It's exhausting. And the target is always moving. And who Mm. I truly am never is manifested because I'm constantly trying to, like, fit myself into a box that, like, doesn't exist or isn't true for me. 100%. Does any of that ring true for you because... We, we have the same grandpa. So, like, my grandpa with five wives is your grandpa with five wives. I don't know. <laughs> five wives vodka. <laughs> oh, my god! This is an advertising. <laughs> it's not. It's just hashtag true story. Hashtag five wives. Um, so, yeah, I think that, yeah, all of that is really interesting. I feel very similar to a lot of what you just stated this idea of 
I'm not like those girls and I can be what you need me to be. And also like I'm a jack of all trades. Mm -hmm. I have it all together. I'm like this perfect combination of sexy and cute and intelligent and fun. And that is a really exhausting role to hold. Um, I feel a lot that... The stories that have been told to me, it's it's really sad because I feel that I found people that validated the story that I wanted to hear. This oh, idea okay. of like the people that I surrounded myself with were actually only hurting me. Like I had a group of friends in high school that I really just loved and adored and there was just so much toxicity under it. There was too much of giving, too much of just too much of anything is bad, right? Like, so I feel, but like, yes, because of these experiences and these stories being funneled into me at a young age, projected themselves in ways where I found people who reflected those stories Mm -hmm. who reflected the idea yeah maybe just of like disrespect and unacceptance I think that that's really hard so growing up in Utah and Utah County specifically comes from a very religious background yes and I did not grow up in that religion So I was already, um, like, my mom always referred to me as the butt girl because Mm -hmm. everybody always said to her, Shelby is so great, but she's not LDS. Mm -hmm. Shelby is so spiritual, but she's not a member of the church. So, like, like my mom was always like, you'll, like, just forever the butt girl. So, yeah, I feel that, like, this idea of... Growing up in this religious society where I wasn't a part of, um, and I didn't understand the terms. I remember being at a friend's house. Um, I was in seventh or eighth grade, and after school, we walked over to where she lived. Whatever. Something happened, um, and I don't quite remember what it was, but I was asked a question about a specific like religious term, like a something like what ward do you attend and mm-hmm. I was like I have no idea what that is mm-hmm. like I don't know what ward is yeah. I remember just the energy and the mood changing and not really quite understanding what that was at like 13 years old like yeah. I don't understand and then all the and this was before cell phones like I don't think I got a cell phone until I was 16 years old so yeah. like in my middle school days that was non-existent and and there were maybe a few people that had cell phones but it wasn't something that was uh technology driven it was more like phone calls and like yeah. if you sent a text message it was like 25 dollars or something like, yeah, like it was text- mostly like make a phone call or like play like that snakes or like yeah, like game. yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. So um, like cell phones were not a thing of like my middle school days. Yeah, and the people that had them were like rare and few in between. Yeah, and I was told that I needed to leave, but I wasn't allowed to use the phone. So I was a 13-year-old girl, and I was probably about five miles away from home. And 
I was told to just leave because I didn't know the answer to a like religious question Uh and I like and I'm back in the day like like in my time of being in junior high like going to your locker was uncool so I had like this like 30 pound backpack and I literally had to walk home five miles or like whatever it was like this like insane amount of time and just like the amount of anxiety and like not being able to reach my parents and like whatever um so just like that prominent like society that I grew up in also had a hard time with like these masks that I wear of like I don't really know like how to exist in myself because like these rules that like my peers were taught and like what makes a good girl is very different of like what I was taught inside of my own home and so hold on pause Sorry, that was so epic. We need to like go back to that. So you just said the it was unclear to you how to exist within yourself. Totally. Because the rules that your peers were living by were different than the rules that you were taught to live by. Yes. So how do you exist as yourself? Yes. Yeah. So it was a very odd game of how do I be? Mm -hmm. And I had, so I was the third child of, how many people are in it? I'm sorry. You're the fourth. I'm the fourth child of five. Mm -hmm. So I was, I was the youngest of my family for like nearly 10 years and then my little brother came along. Mm -hmm. And so I had all of these examples before me and there were all of these ways that my siblings had been rejected by the society that we lived in. Like my sister had these experiences, my brothers had these experiences. And so, like I said before in the last episode, I was not a person that needed to learn by my own mistakes. Yeah. So. You bet your ass when my sister got kicked out of girls camp because she had double piercings, I did not screw around with double piercings. So it's just weird that like you, what I was, it it was confusing because you grow up in this family, you grow up in this home and you have these ideas of like what's right and what's wrong and what's acceptable and what's not. And then you get out into the larger world and suddenly you're a misfit. I'm a misfit because I don't belong in this religion. So what did I do being like the brown noser that I was? I started walking my ass to church on Sundays. Like I would sit in a corner by myself over something that I didn't quite understand and has never resonated as true with me. Yeah. But I had this hard time because I had very religious friends because I'd learned from my siblings before who quote unquote hung out with the wrong crowd. Yeah. So I hung out with the right crowd and still didn't belong. Yeah. Oh, Shelby, that's the part of you that resonates so deeply with me. Mm. That's the part that I'm just like, oh, I see you. Yeah. I was like, my dad wasn't Mm. a member. My mom didn't go to church when we lived here because she was like a working mom of four Uh children. And like, I went to church every single Sunday, but it didn't matter. And it wasn't good enough that I did because we weren't showing up as like a whole family unit family unit yeah and so it wasn't Mm. it was like that you were still the butt girl yeah the message of like you can't be enough because all of these other people aren't 
playing their part in right. what makes you enough. Which is so confusing because as a child, like, you grow up and, like, your family is everything. Like, children just love. Oh, yeah. They love, like, what they're given. They yes. love the people that they're with. Yes. And can we just pause for one moment and just be like, and our family is pretty cool. Amazing. Like, we're a lot. We are a lot to take on. But also, totally. every single person in our family, like, I have, like, the utmost respect for and love deeply and so to hear these like conflicting messages outside like Mm. when you're like when you're meeting with friends and like people from school or people from the ward and to hear like this different thing and you're like oh shoot like I love these people so much and I resonate so much with them but they are the wrong crowd totally and so like now quotations yeah now I gotta fit in with you yeah yeah this part of you this part of you I resonate deeply yeah. with. Yeah. One and foot in, one foot out. Yep. And not really knowing how to exist either way because you had to fit in with the family. Yep. You had to be able to keep up with whatever, you know, you felt that the expectation was of the family. Mm-hmm. But also, how do you... Exist um, in the neighborhood or the community. Right. And like for me, there was some ways of like rejecting my family, which also mm-hmm. brought me a sense of isolation, which also yep. brought me a sense of dis-ease. Mm-hmm. Like rejecting my family was not the right answer. And I don't think that like I ever outwardly like it like rejected them. However, there were thoughts of discomfort and feeling like if you would just do X then my life would be better. Mm -hmm. And so like if you could just accommodate to whatever the crowd wants so that I could be more accepted, that would be great because I'm tired of being the person that always has the burden. Mm -hmm. I'm always the odd man out. Always. At least that's how it felt, yeah. right? Like, mm-hmm. that's that's not the truth. That That's actually just a story of victimhood that I told Ooh. myself. And then we hustled. Mm. And then we hustled. 100%. Oh, my gosh. I'm such a good hustler. 100%. You will not find somebody who works harder than me. Oh, hustle. But, like, also, is that a good thing? Like, is it Hell good to, like, no. put one million percent of effort into something that at the end of your life, is it going to matter? Is it nope. going to matter that you were the person who put the most effort in your school project? Nope. No. Not at all. No. Because what did mm. what did that do? That like cut ties. Mm. So I never really fit in with them and I didn't want mm. to fit in with them. So now I'm like isolated. Yep. But really like I just want to belong and who I really belong to mm. is like right here. Mm. And the, the the people that you feel, I don't know, like, I feel like there's strength in numbers, right? Like, I feel like I have had a lot of relationships that we were the blind leading the blind. I don't know if that's necessarily, like, a great thing, <laughs> but it offered, like, camaraderie and support in ways so... I think that, like, I guess ultimately I feel that there's a lot of heaviness and there is a lot of struggle and a lot of sadness for some of my um, past selves. There's, like, Mm -hmm. a lot of sadness for some experiences that I felt. I feel bad for that girl that had Mm -hmm. to walk home five miles Mm -hmm. at 13 years old because she didn't know the question. She didn't know the right answer. Answer. She didn't know how to zip herself up. She didn't know the right mask to put on. Yes. And yes, 
but like also through that validation of seeing me and feeling that was hard. That was a hard experience for me. That's something that stuck with me for 15 years now of feeling like that was bullshit. And um, I guess just being able to see and validate that part of myself and say like, I don't have to live by that anymore. I have found, I have found like-minded individuals who build me up and I love the family that I come from. Mm -hmm. I love the lessons that I've learned. And yeah, some of it was hard. Some of it was like, maybe there is a patriotic push in our family and that might have that might have gravity or uh, definition in my life, but also I think that validating that part of myself of how that's sad or how that might be difficult, also seeing that like this masculine energy or whatever you want to call it, this hardness or this mask or whatever it is, it helped me get to where I am today. And so I have to be thankful for that. Like Mm. I have to be thankful for the ways that I protected myself. It might not have always proven the easiest route. It might not have always proven to be the most comfortable. Mm -mm. Like maybe in some ways I've caused myself more harm. But isn't that also just a human experience of learning and growing? Absolutely. These are the things that are working for me. And these are the things that are no longer serving me. So thank you for your time. But like I release you as you are. Yeah. That's been really powerful. What do you think? Shelbs. Oh my gosh. It's so crazy how like we so much is similar and so much is different. But like, Mm. yeah, girl. Yeah. Yeah, I get you. And I do think that so much of that really does come I think I definitely understand how like we embrace this very masculine mm. thing and like how for a while that like that was that was kind of harsh and real strong maybe abrasive yeah and I and at the same time oh gosh what you were saying was just like oh and I also love that that like I also love that that shaped us so much mm-hmm. that like you and I can sit here and be like also guess what world we are leaders mm-hmm yeah. And that is part of who I am. I do have this like masculine energy kind of flowing through me for totally. whatever reason. Right. And also I am a woman and and my heart is good. And so she was, mm-hmm. right? Like this idea of it's okay that I have maybe strong opinions yes. or like I I was taught by a family to stand up and show up yeah and I did and oh, I have stand and, up and show up absolutely yes and that's maybe difficult for a lot of women and that's maybe different than the narrative of femininity yeah but here I am yep a woman and taking charge maybe mm-hmm. yeah. or yeah or being sh- determined yeah Just or, like, I'm determined this is how I show up yeah this is me and yeah. I have a voice and I have experiences and so do you and I think that 
there is this balance in this idea of masculine versus feminine and in ways that I show up might be different, but it doesn't mean that it's wrong. Yeah. And that's taken me a long time to understand that about myself, that maybe I don't show up in the same way that so-and-so shows mm-hmm. up, but that doesn't mean that I'm not showing up, or right? Or what you're bringing to the table doesn't make an in, like a tremendous mm. difference and like an impeccable amount of like lifting. Yes. I totally agree with that. As I was like journaling and I'm thinking through, oh my gosh, my biggest insecurity or like the one thing that could like just drop me to the bottom of despair is that that thought of like, oh my gosh, but like they won't like me. Mm. And like the thing that has helped me the most, like that that lever that I could pull or like that thing that like brings me out of the bottom is realizing I like me. Mm. I like me. So like I wrote down a few things that seem so maybe opposite or like they don't fit, but yet they exist within me. Yep. And so I just want to share those with you guys. So um, I, I like me. Yep. I am spiritual and adventurous. I have an mm. open mind and I have a heart as big and as open as it possibly can be. I am determined. I am a damn hard worker. Mm. I am energetic and I'm spunky and I have really big goals for myself. Mm. And I like that. And I think that's like one of the things that has like really helped me be able to like get to the next level of like not worrying so much about if other people like me. It's just accepting the fact that like I like me and I'm different and I don't fit in exactly, but still I like me. And Mm. so if I can like me and I'm different and you're different and I like you, like this also gives permission to other women. Maybe, maybe there's a woman out there who's listening who feel, who feels like she falls exactly within the prototype of which we are describing. Totally. And yet part of this kind of resonates with her Mm. and like, Hey, you can like you too. And there's so much value that you can bring. And like, you Mm. have permission to look deep within yourself and be honest Mm. And you are still good. Yeah. And it is still hard. And you are still enough. I love that so much. There's this book by uh, Karen Beaumont. It's called I Like Myself. And it's a child's, it's a children's illustration. Okay. And I'm going to have to order that. We will we will link that in the show notes because that is amazing. It's really great. It's a children's book. One of the big selves or one of the big lines that sticks out to me is I like myself because I'm me. There's no one else I'd rather be. And I don't know why, but that just teaching children to love and accept themselves the way that they are like I like myself because I'm me. Mm-hmm. Like that's worth liking, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think that that offers a lot of freedom. And I think that the more that women and individuals give themselves permission to live authentically and show up in ways 
of this is me. Maybe when I give myself permission to be me, it maybe reaches somebody else to give them permission to be themselves. Yeah. Mm, Wouldn't that be beautiful? You're a little bit inside the lines and a little bit outside the lines. Yeah, you're a little bit like straight and narrow and you're a little bit jaggedy and curvy. Mm -hmm. And it's all beautiful. And Mm -hmm. all of those parts are yourself are beautiful and worth looking at. I think a lot of the times we shy away from the masks that we wear, the shadows that we have. We don't want to recognize or see the ways that... And we judge ourselves. We judge ourselves by the way that we didn't show up for our family member. We judge ourselves because we we didn't do the one thing mm-hmm. that could have changed the outcome of that one situation mm-hmm. that made a life impact on us. Yeah. Like we constantly like hold ourselves as these martyrs, but also the victim. It's a very weird and intricate line that like we balance on. And I think that there's empowerment of saying this is who I am Mm -hmm. and I love and accept myself in this very moment Mm -hmm. regardless if you do Mm. I do and that's what matters Mm -hmm. ba-dum boom oh man okay so I don't know like maybe you felt like this was crazy maybe you felt like this was epic and deep maybe this resonated with you Mm. Maybe it didn't. I don't know. But like Shelby always says, take what you love and leave what you didn't. And just know that you have permission to be you and yourself exactly as you are. Mm. Whether you fit within the cookie cutter lines. Because we need those people too. Mm. And even if you don't, hey, wow. You offer a different perspective that like truly our community needs and values and will help lift each other. Love it. Love it. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. Oh my gosh, we love you. This is magic. It is magic. It's magic. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it so much. We just want to share a big thank you to everybody who helped make this episode possible. From the bottom of our hearts, thank you. Drop into our DMs. You can find us on Instagram at I totally relate pod. Or you can share your feedback and insights with us at I totally relate pod at gmail.com. We totally want to get to know you. See you next time. Peace out.